Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption HD podcast. We hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you. If you want to know more about Redemption High Desert, you could visit our website at redemptionhighdesert.com. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Redemption760. Here we go, live from Redemption HD. Uh, let's go to Psalms 27. And this is actually where we were at last week. But let's go to Psalms 27. Let's go ahead and, and pray. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we pray as we get into your word that you would speak to us, God. Speak through your word. Speak to our heart, God. Cause us to be transformed for your purposes, Lord. God, work in us. Work through us, God. Have your way in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to review uh, Psalms 27 um, because what I want to talk about today is, is uh, a continuing from last Sunday, and that's seeking Jesus. Um, it's really important right now, guys, that we keep our eyes on Jesus. A lot of stuff going on, guys, uh, but we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Hey, Eddie, do me a favor, man. Uh, make sure that these mics are all off here. Um, we're getting some feedback. Um, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. With everything that we see, guys, whether the news, social media, we can see this, you know, in conversations with our friends. Um, it's important that we don't take our eyes off of Jesus. That, that's the one thing I keep telling everyone. You know, everyone's asking me, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? My, my thought is this, I'm just focused on Jesus. I'm not focused on any other agenda. I'm not focused on anybody others, any other conversation. My eyes are on the Lord. And when you do that, when you have your eyes on Jesus and you keep your eyes on Jesus, what we saw in Psalms 27 is it gives you that confidence to stand face to face with the trouble that you might be going through. So let's look at Psalm 27 again, verse number one. It says, the Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Verse 4, this was the key that we focused on last Sunday. It says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I Seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And then if you go over to verse number eight, it says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to your said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. He's like, well, I want to worship. I want to play the keys. I'm going to get some keys. Oh, don't break your glasses. Then you mean you'll be in the same boat. We will be in the same boat. We will both need some prayer after this service today. When, when you look at Psalms 27, and I'm sure on Wednesday when you guys got into your Bible studies, you looked at it a little bit more, a little bit more in depth. And that's when you seek Jesus, when you are going after the Lord. There's a confidence that builds inside of you because you find yourself in the tabernacle. You find yourself in the pavilion, in God's presence. Being in that place where you're surrounded by him gives you the confidence to stand in the midst of your trouble. 
And so seeking Jesus is very important. And we talked about not just seeking Jesus on Sunday morning, not just seeking Jesus on Sunday at 10 a.m. when the pastor's up here, but every day, every day having this hunger, this desire to go after the Lord. Amen? Um, I want to stay on this topic, but we're going to just touch on some more things here. Let's go to John chapter 1. Yesterday I was talking to Bruce, my man Bruce, and we were just talking about just kind of everything and we were just saying how it's, it's almost hard to plan some things at this time because everything's kind of uncertain. There's almost this uncertainty, you know, what's, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen later today, we don't, we don't know. But the one thing that we can be certain of is Jesus. The faithfulness of God, who he is as a faithful Lord, a faithful king. Um, really, again, gives us that Psalm 27 confidence. Knowing that God will be with us to face our enemies, to face the uncertainty, gives us this rest and this peace that we get to live in. So it's really important that you understand who Jesus is, that you understand who the Lord is, because the more you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, the greater confidence you have. So I want to talk real quick and just give you guys... uh, present to you a little bit more in depth of who the Lord is. John uh, chapter 1 is great foundational uh, teaching. It's, if you guys want anything that's just solid to meditate on, to memorize, John chapter 1 is full of just sound doctrine, just very sound uh, biblical truths that we could build our life upon. So I'm going to just point out a couple things um, in here. So John chapter 1, starting in Verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Those first couple verses really just show uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, the living God whom we serve, wrapped into one displayed into three. Amen. And we get to see this this demonstration of who God is right here in these first couple verses. Um, And again, it's just really something that you would want to meditate on and really just let sink in deep. Uh, Let's keep reading here. Verse number four, it says, in him was, in him was what? Some of y'all need to read that like you are alive. Come on now. In him was, in him was, in him was, come on. You know, uh, I just want to share a testimony. Um, you know, Aeli and I, uh, we had sold our house four years ago, um, and we were at this crossroads in our life and with our ministry. We were only a couple months into starting the church, and um, our house had to have some major renovations. And the choices that were in front of us were, were either we stopped the church and we just focus on work so we can get our house repaired, or we sell our house and move in with moms. Where's mom's at? Mom, or we move in with my mom, and, you know, and, and continue with the call of God on our life. And so we, we sacrificed our home. We said, let's lay our home at the altar and just say, you know what, Jesus, we need to follow you and answer this call. So for four years, I've been driving my mom crazy. You know, my mom thought she got rid of me when I was, actually thought she maybe got rid of me when I was like 16, 17. Um, but then I came back strong in my 20s, you know. And she thought she got rid of me again. Then I came back in my 30s, you know what I'm saying. So we, we finally uh, have been able to um, move into a house of our own. 
So, um, yeah. So we we're, we just we just got the keys. We want to give a shout out to the Way Properties, Bo Cooper. Little shout out. Uh, we, we, we found a house, uh, we got some keys in our hands, and so we're going to be moving. And so it's funny because I keep telling everybody, hey, you guys, our house is going to be the party house. That's what I tell everybody. I was telling our neighbors yesterday, I, I was like, yeah, we're going to have, this is going to be the party house. And it's funny because if I tell people outside of church, they're probably thinking like, oh, dang, we're going to party. I'm like, no, 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 a Holy Ghost party. I'll, I, hey, my kind of party is like a prayer meeting till like 2 a.m. That's how I party. I'm talking about like worship nights, like that's my kind of party. I'm talking like Bible study, like, oh, come on now, like old school. If you're from the 90s, like the flyer parties we used to do, you know what I'm saying? We start passing. Hey, that, that's, that's my kind of party, a Holy Ghost party. The life of the party, amen. There's some life in that. You guys, it's exciting to follow Jesus. It, it is exciting. It is exciting to just to realize like you could be going through all hell, but there's this this peace and this confidence that we have in who Jesus is, and that's where that life is at. I could step on my $100 brand new headphones and still come up here with a big old smile on my face because I'm full of life. You know, John, uh, in John 10.10, Jesus said that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so that I can give life and give it abundantly. That's overflowing, more than enough, more than you need at the top and some. Jesus gives us life. Like, just think about that. You, you, have, you have access to the source of life. We, we talked about uh, John, uh, John 14 a couple weeks ago, you know, that, that Jesus is, that we're uh, connected to the vine, connected to the branch, that we have to stay connected to him, being connected to him. We can do all things. Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? Life, life, life. So let's read that one more time. I had to share my, share my story about partying because I wanted to give some life. To you guys. Listen, read this again. In him was life. Woo, we're getting there. In him was life. In him was life. Come on. In who? In Jesus. In Jesus, there's life. Oh, this is so good. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Let's go down to verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become what? Children of God. You are able to call yourself a child of God because of Jesus. You are no longer an outsider. You are no longer a foreigner. You have been brought into the family of God through Jesus. Amen? You're not an orphan. You're no longer a slave, but you are a child of God. Amen? It says, in him... Uh, but as many as received him, to them he, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of Verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Full of grace and... Grace and... Say that. Grace and truth. In Jesus is life and grace and life, grace, and truth. Life, grace, and truth. You know what grace is? It's undeserved favor and acceptance from God. That means that none of us in here by man's standards and according to the law, there is not a single person in this room right now that is worthy to come before the holy presence of the Lord. 
No one in here deserves the goodness of God. No one in here deserves to be loved by God, to be forgiven by God, to be accepted. No one in here deserves that. But because he is full of grace, he gives us that that we don't deserve. That's why I told you guys last week, we have to stop putting these expectations on ourselves and expectations on others. Because when you do that, you eliminate grace because now you're trying to live by a standard. You have to realize that we are, we are saved by grace through faith. That means that we don't deserve it, but he gives it to us anyways. And he doesn't just give us grace, but he gives us a fullness of grace. He is full of grace and truth. If we need something right now, we need some truth, right? What do we believe? Do we believe this? Do we believe that? I heard this. I heard that. I saw this. There's so much stuff that we're finding ourselves saying, what is truth nowadays? What is, what is, I don't even know what to believe anymore with all this stuff that's out there. I don't even know. Is it a a virus or is it not? Or a mask or do I not? You know, what's going on? We have all this stuff, right? But when we can take hold of truth himself, say whatever you want over here and over there, have whatever conversations you want, I got a hold of some truth and his name is Jesus. That's why it's important, guys. Stay focused on the Lord. If you don't know what to to believe or to see or whatever's out there, whatever is out trying to feed your mind, that listen, forget all that stuff and just get locked in with the Lord. Gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. Amen? Look at this again. Verse uh, 14. And the Word became flesh. Or where did I start at? 12. But as many okay, became children of God, to those who believe in his name and were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Whew. Read 14 again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the one thing, guys, like that sets, sets apart Christianity and all these other religions that are out there. The one thing that, that separates what we believe in comparison to everything else that's out there is that we actually serve a God that came near to us. All these other religions and things that are out there, they teach you about a far-off God or a far-off thing that you have to achieve or get to. They teach that you have to work in these steps. You have to get to this place that you have to get to a God. We serve a God who said, I'm coming to you. That's what, that's, that, that, that is why there is nothing that, there is no other religion that you can set side by side with Christianity because our God came to us. Even though we didn't deserve it, even though we were dead in sin, he said, I'm coming to give you life, grace, and truth to make you my child. I'm coming to you, to dwell amongst you. This is so good. Verse 15, John bore witness to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me, is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16, And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Let's go over to verse 29. The next day... John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who does what? Behold the Lamb of God who? Whose sin? 
my sin, your sin, the sin of the world. That means everything that separated you and God, this God the Father, God the Son came and wiped it all away. He said, look it, I'm, I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you grace and truth. I'm going to come and dwell among you. I'm going to make you my child. And I'm going to do away with everything that might get in the way of that. I am doing away with sin. Like this is telling, this is, first, I could just read John chapter 1 over and over and over again. And every time I read it, I was reading it yesterday morning, and I was just sitting there like, God, you are so good. And I've been reading, this was one of the first things that I really dove into my Christianity years ago. Like this, just that in the beginning was the word, and the word. I just remember memorizing that. But this chapter, when I read this, it just, there's something that it ignites this passion in me because I'm like, God, you're so good. He's so good to us. Amen. Oh, man, he takes away the sins of the world. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of sin to take care of. <laughs> yeah, right, right when the Lord was like, I, I thought that, you know, I'm sure the Lord was like, okay, we're done. And he's oh, wow, you, whoa, you had a long old list here. Lord, that's just volume one. There's a volume two to my sin. There's a remix version of my sin, too. I've been, I'm sin, I've been a sinful man. But the Lord, take, he took all that away. Amen. Verse 32. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you will see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys, look at this, this picture of who Jesus is, of who the Lord is. Here he is, the one who gives life, grace, truth, makes us sons. He draws near to us. He removes our sins. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. This is who Jesus is. That's why you have to focus on him right now. Don't focus on anything else. Don't focus on anything else, okay? Don't focus on, on I mean, I get it. You know, we, we want to know information and we want to know some, some stuff that's out there, but some of us are spending too much time feeding ourselves on all this junk that's out there right now. We spend so much time, time chasing this rabbit and that rabbit that we don't get into the word to seek the lamb, the lion and the lamb, Jesus. I'm not moved by nothing. We shouldn't be moved by anything right now. Is the world crazy right now? Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to get crazier. So if we don't get a hold of Jesus now, you look at all these things that we talk about in, in John, who wouldn't want to know Jesus? Who wouldn't want to know him? If, if you went to any person on the street and you just said, hey, I can give you the fullness of life. I can give you all the grace that you need. I can give you truth. I can, I can give you this acceptance from God. I, I, can, I can take away all your... If you presented this to somebody, everybody would probably say, yeah, I'll take that, right? Who would deny something like John chapter 1? Who would turn that away? Nobody would. But so often we do because we don't seek after Jesus. We don't press in to get to know this truth. And so this is kind of where I want to park. That was just my intro. And I was trying not to go there, but like I said, when I get in John chapter 1, I'm like, yes, I love it. I love it. Let's go to Luke 19, and that's really what I'm going to preach out of today. 
We went uh, for Father's Day. Was Father's Day last weekend? We went to follow, down to uh, Bass Pro Shop, and uh, we ate at the, they got a restaurant down there. And you know what we ate? Fried gator. Right, you saw that? Fried, it's some fried gator. I had a New Orleans accent when I walked out of there. I was like, oh, I was ready to get out of the swamp. You know what I'm saying? Some fried gator. You know what I'm saying? Fried gator. I felt like just, I was from Orleans. From Orleans, I got me some gator out there. We eat some gator real quick. I walked out there feeling like, ooh, we can go to Orleans and give me some gator. We eat it. That gator was so good. Fried gator. Fried gator. It was so good. And that was just my appetizer. Then I had a, my burger. So my uh, preaching of First John to you was the gator. It was just that appetizer, that intro. This is where we're going to park, Luke 19, starting in verse number 1. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus. He was a chief tax collector. He was rich, meaning he had all the money he needed to do whatever he wanted. And everything he wanted, he had the money to buy it probably. In most of of people's eyes and minds, that is a blessed life. Oh yeah, I got the money to do that. But we all know money's funny, right? There's no life in that. You could have all the money in the world, but it'll fail you. And Zacchaeus is at that point where he's starting to find that out. I have all the money, but I still want to see Jesus. All this talk about him healing people and casting out demons and all these things. Here is this man who is full of grace and truth in life. The one who could forgive my sins. My money can't buy that. Therefore, I'm seeking him. I want to see him. Look at what it says. It says... Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. Here's the question that I want to present to you guys today. This is what I want to leave you with. This is what I want to sink deep today. I want you to leave this place asking yourself this. What crowd have you allowed to get between you and Jesus? What crowd have you placed in front of your vision to see life, grace, truth, forgiveness of sins, a child of God? What crowd have you placed that has kept you from gazing upon the beauty of the Lord? Maybe doubt? Well, I'm I'm just not sure about God. I don't know. I don't know if I really believe in him. I don't know. I've never, I don't know. I never felt him. I don't know. Is is that doubt causing you, is that becoming the crowd where you're trying to see these things, but that crowd is in the way? Maybe hurt, maybe you've just been hurt, you know, you know, when you're hurt and you've gone through things in life, you build up walls and, and you build up walls and that affects maybe relationships with other people. If you've ever been burned by somebody, somebody's, you know, done, done wrong to you. Sometimes what happens is that you put walls and then that affects your relationship with other people. Anybody's, you know, who's all gone through that, right? But did you know that, that all, we also do that with God? That sometimes we're hurt by people that even our relationship with God, we put up these walls. Because maybe our hurt with people has caused us not to trust, not to love, 
not to forgive, all these things. And so we put up these walls. So maybe that's been our crowd. Maybe that's the crowd in front of us from, from seeing Jesus. How about pride? Pride could be our crowd. You know, we think that we got it all together. I can do this all by myself. I'm smart enough. I got the resources. You know, our pride can get in the way. And, and I'll be, the, I've, I've confessed this. This isn't new news to you guys. I deal with pride. Sometimes you, you trust your gifting so much that you think you can do it all by yourself. That's pride. We always have to be in this place of humility and realize that we always, we always have and we will always need God. Wherever you think you can take yourself, let me tell you, you're barely scraping the surface compared to where God can take you. And sometimes you can be so prideful, so confident in yourself, so confident in what you know, so confident in what you have that you think you don't need him. But all that stuff will fade away. All that stuff will burn. And there'll be a day where you stand before the Lord. There'll be a day when this life here on earth ends and you'll be standing face to face with the maker. You're going to need him in that moment. I need your forgiveness right now, Lord. I need your grace, your mercy. I had all this down there, but right now I need you. What else is our crowd? How about laziness? Sometimes we don't seek Jesus because we don't want to get up an extra 30 minutes in the morning. Or we get up that extra 30 minutes and instead of getting up and praying and seeking the Lord, we just spend it on social media laying in our bed for 30 minutes. Five more minutes and then I got to get in the shower go to work. Two more minutes. I don't have to wash my hair. Ten more minutes. Sometimes we just, we, we try to set aside that time to seek Jesus, and instead of doing that, we put other things because it's comfortable. I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to get up early. I don't want to make that time to, listen, guys, I can't stress it enough, okay? It's, it's, this, is, this is something I'm constantly telling you guys, is if you, the only time that you're meeting with the Lord is when you come here on Sunday mornings, you're robbing yourself, okay? You're robbing yourself. This is great. Worship was great today, right? Uh, God's presence. I mean, it's just, just to be in that place of just singing to the Lord and just letting him know how much we love him like that. That is awesome. But you can do that every single day. You don't need a worship team to, to do that. You know, you don't just, just go in your room, close the door, put some worship music on and begin to sing to the Lord. Invite his presence. Have those experiences, those encounters with him right there. You know, you don't, need, you don't need me behind this pulpit. You don't need the worship team. You don't need this building. You guys have access to God right now. But our laziness becomes that crowd that keeps us from seeking him. You guys, again, the question is, what has become the crowd in our life? Has it been the fear that, this, that the media is putting out and that, you know, our friend down the street, you know, or primo down the hill or... Is it, is it, what is it that we have allowed to speak this stuff into our life that has made a crowd, a wall, a barrier between us and seeking Jesus? You guys, you got to do away with that stuff. You got to do away with everything that separates you and God. And here's the thing. It's not, a, it's not even a matter of you doing away with it. It's you realizing that he already did away with it. 
Jesus already took away all the barriers. So when you make those, you put those crowds there, when you put those things there, those are things that they don't carry no weight. They don't have true strength to stand before you in Jesus. It's just you have to change the way you think and view that thing and say, wait a minute, you have no power. You got to go. Bill Johnson said this, and it, it's always stuck with me. He said that the only closed heaven between us and the Lord is in between our ears. Is that we can come before the Lord, the throne of grace, with boldness because he has already torn the veil and made a way. But we don't think that, and so we put up all these walls and we keep ourselves from stepping into his presence. You guys... Everything that I said, life, right? The life of the party. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. We used to do that in worship. We used to get to worship. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. We used to be out there and start rapping. Ain't going to get me to rap nowadays. Johnny, where's Johnny Bustos? He's going to rap. My son's going to rap. We get the youngsters to rap. I'm retired. My jersey's hanging in the bleachers. I'm retired. Vargas. I can still freestyle every once in a while. Maybe I'll kick a little verse here. <laughs> the life, the life of men, the life that we all need, the source of life is only found in Jesus, guys. He gives it to us, and he gives us grace, right? The, the undeserved favor and acceptance of God, he gives it to us. And according to John 1, he gives grace upon grace, so he doesn't just give you acceptance. He gives you acceptance and more acceptance. He gives us truth. He brings us in to be sons. He takes away our sins. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives us all of this. So in our seeking him, when the crowd begins to form in front of us, we have to do what Zacchaeus did. Let's keep reading here. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. Zacchaeus was willing to do whatever was necessary to see Jesus. Everything he needed to do, he says, I'm not going to let anything keep me from seeing Jesus. And that's the mentality you have to have. That's the heart you have to have. The hunger that you have to have is that nothing and no one is going to get in between me and seeking Jesus. If I have to climb a tree to see him, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. If I have to get up early, if I have to stay up late, if I have to stop talking to this person and stop watching that news, and if I have to get off social media, I'm going to eliminate everything that's going to keep me from seeing Jesus. Do you have it in you to climb the sycamore tree? Do you have it in you to say, I need Jesus and I will do whatever it takes to get to him? I don't want nothing else, Johnny. I don't want nothing else, man. I want Jesus. That's it, brother. I don't need anything else. We don't need anything else. Jesus, him alone. That's it. That's it. I'm not, I don't want to be a popular preacher and I don't want to have a big church. I just want Jesus. I don't want money. I don't want a house. I don't want cars. I don't want relationships. I don't want status. I want Jesus. Coronavirus, no coronavirus, whatever. I want Jesus. Gather, no gather. Do this, do that. Go here, go that. Republican, Democrat, blah, blah. Jesus. Jesus, all I need. All I want, all I need. All I need. Why? Because in him, everything that you read in John 1 is yours. 
Jesus. Amen? So what crowd has gotten in the way of you and Jesus? And are you willing to climb the sycamore tree to see him? That's what I want you to think about right now. What crowd have you allowed to form between you and life, you and grace, you and truth, you and forgiveness? What crowd have you allowed to get in the way? And what sycamore tree do you need to climb so that you can see him? That's the question this morning. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at evargus760.com and also redemptionhighdesert.com.